You're listening to episode 34 of The STEM Space. Natasha and I just sat down and had an amazing experience talking to somebody that we cannot wait to share with you. We're going to be talking in this episode all about how you should bring STEM professionals into your classroom to talk to your students. Tune in and find out why. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. So Natasha, I am so excited. One, because we haven't seen each other in 18 months, and you are at my house. You're sitting right next to me. I am right next to you. I am not talking to you through a screen. (laughs) I can reach out, and you're real right next to me, and I love it. Team Vivify is together, and it feels great. Yes. And we're also excited because <laughs> what ha- what just happened? Well, let's just say we interviewed someone who has a pretty cool job. He actually flew in space. We interviewed an astronaut. Yeah, like just 10 minutes ago. 10 minutes ago. So we're kind of riding a high of, I just interviewed an astronaut. And we thought, hey, let's talk about it to our audience and give them some takeaways and just the incredible stories and experiences. And then we also wanted to leave you with some um, thoughts on how you can bring a speaker like an astronaut an engineer to your classroom because we feel like you can make such an impact by having these speakers share their stories and their experiences so yeah I'm ready to just dive in and share what we learned yeah let's do it okay so let's talk about the format like what maybe we should just tell them why this happened like we didn't just call up an astronaut even though now we have their numbers on our phone which is pretty cool <laughs> I did write astronaut Johnson in my phone um, so I'm sure I'm not allowed to call him at any time but <laughs> <laughs> so we are partnering with this program called Space Teams, and it is a virtual space competition. And basically students in an all virtual format are building planets and spacecraft. They're flying spacecraft. They're building a space habitat. And it's just incredible. And part of this experience, it's a six day mission, and there's a different objective each day. But at the end of the day, they bring in a speaker. And today just so happened to be an astronaut. Pretty amazing. And then part of that is the astronaut will do a presentation and share something about what the students are doing that day in this software where they're, you know, today they were landing on the planet. So they were actually descending in the orbiter that they have. And so the astronaut that they brought in was a pilot. So got to talk about the real life application of what the kids were doing, which is what we like to do in STEM in our classrooms is bring in real life applications, current events. So it was incredible. And so what this astronaut did, was shared a presentation about his story and everything he did while in space. And then you got to ask him questions, right? which was amazing. So what was your favorite question and who did you get to interview? Exactly. So this was astronaut Gregory Box Johnson. So Box is his nickname. And that is, of course, the question that we asked was, how did you get this name, Box? And he was all about the jokes. (laughs) You want to tell them the story? Well, I guess I'm trying to remember his non-real story. (laughs) What he said was that he was flying and there's a box. When you're a pilot, there's a a box on the map. It's called a sectional that you cannot fly into if it's a restricted zone. And so there happened to be some pilot that flew into the restricted box and did some very risky things. And so that's why they call him box. But that's actually not a true story. That's just a pilot trying to be cool. (laughs) So what actually happened, Natasha? Why is he called box? Yeah, so it actually has to do with like a corrugated cardboard box, you know? So what happened is he 
he was being shipped home when he was in the military and all of his stuff was still in the barracks where I guess he was living while he was overseas and so his stuff was labeled Johnson because that's his last name and so everybody would just refer to his boxes as that's Box Johnson and so he just ended up being nicknamed because his boxes were left in the barracks. So it was kind of a funny story that (laughs) I had a way cooler version in my head. (laughs) But it was great because he started with just sharing his story and I loved um, the pictures that he shared. One of my concerns when I bring in a guest speaker is that they're just going to go way over the student's head and just get very technical and he kept it about the bigger picture, the story. Like he literally shared pictures of his time, you know, going up into space and looking down on Earth and what he was looking at and just his experience and that's something maybe when you as educators are bringing in a guest speaker say just share a couple pictures like we don't need the technical details depending on the age of course but that's one thing I really appreciated but this was all streaming live so we had an audience of like 50 kids that were watching and they were going crazy in the chat asking all these questions so his presentation was about 30 minutes and then we brought him back um, and asked a bunch of questions so Okay, so my favorite question. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't even know if I have a favorite. There were so many good ones. I think one moment that stood out was about his perspective. And I've always you know, heard about when I go into space, my perspective just changes. And my question to him was, is it something where you go up and you look and you're like, oh, I haven't been changed. Or is it a gradual experience where you go up into the International Space Station, you're kind of overwhelmed, there is low gravity, and it's slowly, you, it starts dawning on you what's going on. And his response was, it's like a step function. He's like, instant change. He's like, you go up into space, you look down, and you're just transformed. And you're looking back at Earth, this tiny little planet that everybody lives on, that we just, being on the planet, you just can't comprehend that. So he was just trying to share how he just feels so passionate now about preserving and protecting our precious home. He's all about recycling and he shared some really great photos. So I just really appreciated him sharing how he changed perspective, like instantly. Yeah, and we've we've heard that from other astronauts too that we've, we've spoken to. They kind of have the same reaction of looking back at that big blue marble is what they call it and just seeing how precious it is and that that's the only thing like it that we will likely ever ever see and definitely ever get to mm-hmm. so we need to take care of it so he, yeah he was saying after he came back from his first mission he was talking to his daughter who was 10 at the time and she had been big on recycling before he left and he just felt kind of guilty of like <laughs> I didn't take that seriously enough but we do need to take care of this planet because it's all we have so yeah that was that was amazing so the question that I really liked which is a question I always ask when I meet an astronaut is the like what advice would you give to kids that like myself when I was a kid wanted to be an astronaut and I just loved his answer because he said, I think when he was like seven, he wanted to become an astronaut. And so he did all these things that kind of led that path. Of course, you want to do things that you're interested in, not just to get a specific job, but he became a pilot in the military and did all those things. And he said he just, he wanted to be an astronaut, but he was doing all these other things too. And he just left that option open. And so he said, just believe in yourself, but also don't ever tell yourself no. And 
I think that's so amazing, especially as educators, when we talk to our students, we want to encourage them like, you know, even if other people are telling you you can't do something, never tell that to yourself because you get to decide what you can do and you get to decide what your future is going to be. And I thought that was amazing. Another part of the interview was, you know, dream big, but also enjoy the journey. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people that want to be astronauts, Claire included. Right. That's your Mm -hmm. dream. But you are still loving your life. You're not an astronaut. There, I don't know what the per- chances are that you're going to be an astronaut, but that doesn't mean that your, you know, existence, your identity is wrapped up in that one title. He's saying, you know, have dreams, don't tell yourself no, keep going, but also look at where you're at and be on a path, do things that you love right now. And I just felt that was such a great message for kids. Yes. And that is, yeah, that is a great message. And to kind of backtrack a little bit. So this space teams competition was actually created by another astronaut who is running this whole program and likewise he's also incredible and has an amazing story and he he spoke the first two days of the competition and his name is Dr. Greg Shamatoff and he's a professor at Texas A&M University so he also shared the same kind of thing if you want to become an astronaut what you need to do is do the same things as if you weren't going to be an astronaut (laughs) choose to do things that you love that you're interested in and if you want to be an astronaut that will just align you apply whenever you get the chance but you want to do the things that you are gifted in, that you enjoy, that brings you joy, because that's what you're going to end up finding that you love. I wanted to be an astronaut, still do, but I love teaching. And that's Mm -hmm. just kind of how the path worked out for me. And if I would have just done things just to look good on my resume, just to be an astronaut, I probably would not find much satisfaction in life. Yeah, I think that's great. And the other piece that stood out, and we talk a lot in STEM about failure. Mm. And it was a question that I like to ask, but astronaut Johnson brought it up. which was this mistake that he made on the International Space Station. So he was trying to get some kind of water tank to fit and they were really trying hard to get it and then he ended up breaking the tank and it was a complete mess and he just felt so guilty about it and I was like, oh, so astronauts make mistakes too. I mean, this is such an important message, which I thought was interesting. He was trying to be a perfectionist and like, he was like, no, this will work. I'm going to get this tank to fit. And then it didn't work. Um. (laughs) He said it was embarrassing because I think he said it was 600 pounds worth of water, which is not something you can just, you know, go get the hose and space station (laughs) and fill the bucket back up or whatever. So... I can imagine the devastation and you're on this world stage and you're on the space station because there's it's you and five other people that are outside the planet and everybody's monitoring everything and so when something doesn't work out and then not only did it not work you lost a valuable resource you also make a huge mess so 600 pounds of water if you've seen the videos on like stem on station they have some great videos on youtube of showing all sorts of science demonstrations and they do a lot of experiments with water and so you can see what water does on the space station. I can imagine it just like bursting and going like in every nook and cranny. I don't know how you clean that up. Do you have like space towels for messes? Yeah, or? and he, I should have asked because he was saying, yeah, it was just so difficult to clean up and it was a complete mess. And now I'm thinking like, how, how do you, you do that? <laughs> but yeah, maybe we'll have to ask next time we get to interview him. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. And I think what was amazing about his presentation is that he was so relatable. And I think that's some 
something that surprises a lot of students when we bring in speakers Mm -hmm. is at first they're thinking, oh, you know, I can't ask a question to this person because they are, you know, so well educated and they've done such incredible things. I mean, I'll just sound dumb and, you know, I don't know enough to even ask them about the things that they do. But these are people too. And they've sat in the same seats as a student. They had to learn all the things that students are learning. So I, I just find it so invaluable when a professional, an astronaut, can share where they made mistakes and mm-hmm. things that they've learned that makes them relatable. And just to give the audience an idea of how we ran this, in case you're wanting to do a speaker in a virtual environment, we have the students read the bio of the speaker we're bringing. And I encourage them, you know, go to their website, try to find out about what they do. If you have a video of that speaker, you know, this one of his mission, then they can be prepared to really absorb who they're about to talk with. And so we have an opportunity for pre-submitted questions, but then in the moment, kids are going to get excited and there's stuff they're going to want to know. And so they're also submitting live. And so we were pulling from both and just really having a conversation. And I know in my experience as an educator, I used to just bring in speakers and they would be in the front of the room and talk for 20 minutes and the kids would just stare. And then they would say, do you have any questions? It was just silence. Oh, like, no. There would be no questions. And it depends on the age, of course, right? Like mm-hmm. middle school, sometimes they get embarrassed, don't want to talk. That's why I think pre-submitted questions are a must. That kind of gets it going. I mean, it gives the kids like ownership of, oh, he's listening to my question. He's answering my question. And that often then triggers more questions from the kids. And you were monitoring the chat. What were they saying? Yes. Uh, they had some great questions all about his missions. Because, you know, in the moment as he's giving the presentation, that's when I wanted them to write down their questions. Don't wait till the end. That's what's great about doing it live on a on a platform where you can do that. Because usually if they're like, oh, we'll wait till the end, well, they all forget their questions. Mm-hmm. So if they're able to write them in the moment, even if you're in person, do it on pen and paper, and then you're able to ask those questions at the end. So that was great. And something that I've done in the classroom to help with that is you talk about pre-submitted questions. I'll even break students up into groups. And so there's less stress and pressure on a single student to come up with a question. I'll say your group has to come up with with two questions Mm. and then we'll pick two of you from your group to actually ask the question. So that can take some pressure off students that may even don't want to talk, but they have a question to ask. Right. And so the group can ask that for them. Okay. So if you're wondering, you know, how, maybe I am not able to get an astronaut for my classroom. That seems kind of intimidating, but actually there is a way to bring an astronaut to our classroom. So if you go to the NASA website, and of course we'll link this in the show notes, there is a request for bringing an astronaut virtually or in person, they do both if you have a big event that you can bring in an astronaut or any other NASA professional. And so I don't want to give astronauts all the credit here. (laughs) They're amazing. I mean, they're heroes. They have done some incredible work and it's just, I love getting to get their perspective. We just talked about perspective and how that changes when they go to space. But think about all the scientists and the engineers and the technicians and everyone who's behind the scenes. And earlier in the week, we interviewed one of those uh, propulsion engineers and he was so passionate about space exploration and orbital mechanics and he was just framing it in a way that just made it so engaging and I think that students need as much of that as they can and get more perspective of all the different careers in STEM and so I encourage you to just reach out to local people in your community who are maybe scientists or engineers um, but then also using these national platforms so through the NASA website you can request a speaker and what other tools can they use? There's also another way that you can request a scientist it's actually called Skype 
the scientists and you can bring them on virtually to talk to your classroom. That's an amazing resource too. It also depends on what projects you're working on. You can even for the weather balloon, we've talked about that before. I actually contacted a local news station and had their meteorologists talk to our students and that was an incredible experience. So being able to connect a professional to what it is they're learning, not only does it help them think about, well, how could I use what I'm learning in the classroom in the real world? Well, then they can even talk to somebody who's doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's just an invaluable experience for your students that might even inspire them to do that one day. Maybe they hadn't even heard of that career that that person is talking about. So other things that we got to ask astronaut Johnson about today were soft skills too, because he's a pilot astronaut. They did science experiments up there. But one great question that I thought you asked Natasha was you talked about how important critical thinking and communication and teamwork were. And something that you asked was, you know, you don't always get along. And we see this in our classrooms, right? We <laughs> assign them to teams because if you have them pick teams, we know what the chaos ensues, but you assign them to a team and then they start saying, well, so-and-so is mean or I don't get along with so-and-so. I need to be on that team because that's my bestie over there. You know <laughs> how it goes. So you ask the astronaut, well, what is that like when you're assigned to a team? Then you have to live on the space station in close quarters with five other people that are from literally all over the world. Like, what is that like? How do you get along when there's conflict? Mm-hmm. So do you remember his response? He said that you want to focus on the positive and kind of ignore <laughs> the negative, which I'm still processing that answer because I don't know if that always works. <laughs> what I what I drew from that, and I think th- these are the words that he said, is he said, you want to love others for who they are. And I think getting that kind of perspective is so important. Easier said than done. Right. But he gave this example of how him and there's a, another pilot. And uh, so there's some, when you go up on the space station, and there's different professionals, I guess different specialists is what I should say, that are assigned to different parts of the mission. So there are people that are PhDs in some sort of science field, and they're doing the science like experiments. Dr. Shamatov. Dr. Shamatov was one of those. Yes. And then there's the pilots who are in charge of getting the people safely up and getting them back down. So astronaut Box Johnson was one of the pilots, and he said, so when he's up there, he's not running the science experiment. So him and some of the other crewmates who were not running the science experiments had a little band. They had a guitar and a flute. I forgot what the other instrument was that was up there. There's a piano. Oh, there a was keyboard. a piano. A keyboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they had a band. Now, if you can imagine, <laughs> if you are a PhD scientist, you're sent up there to do some really intense science experiment and you're working on that and then somebody's like doing karaoke yeah. pretty much <laughs> in the module next to you. You can imagine that could be kind of distracting and probably pretty irritating. And he said that he recognized that after they'd had like a jam session. And so he's just, they all just kind of laughed about it afterwards because I'm sure he was like, you know, I bet that wasn't the the kindest thing to do. But see, now I'm getting what he was saying because he was like, you just ignore the negative. I think he was just telling them they should just ignore. (laughs) (laughs) He was being the annoying one. That's what it was. (laughs) But it was so fun to hear these stories um, that you just don't get like this personal side of science and these technical missions and how, like you mentioned, they're people and they have hobbies and dreams and failures. And I think that kids really should hear these stories. So I hope that this gives you some uh, a push to maybe bring in some speakers to your classroom and just start small. Ask your students if their parents perhaps want to come in and talk or if there's a local organization 
and maybe the water company or someone in the city wants to just present something with your students, the more that we can bring in our community into the classroom, I think can really have a positive impact. Absolutely. And we'll drop links to everything we talked about today to help you get started, as well as a way to help your students think through how they can interview a professional. Maybe even want to do that as an assignment and have them go out and find a professional instead of just bringing one into the classroom if timing doesn't work out well that way. So we'll drop a link in the show notes on how you can do that. And just thank you so much for listening to our excitement about talking to an astronaut. And if you are curious about space teams, we're definitely putting that link in. There are missions all summer. It is open internationally. So the one that we're in right now is in Australia, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's going to be one in Texas and others across the country and the world. And this is open to students that are 12 to 18. Um, There is a promo code and you can get a discount. So we will drop that in the show notes. Um, So perhaps we will see you in a future mission. And you can interview an astronaut too. (laughs) 